Welcome to the Barely Living Dread Girls podcast, where we like to get high and talk about horror movies. I'm Casey. And I'm Jess. And I can tell you somebody who's very excited about this. We are officially starting Stephen King's Summer! I fucking love Stephen King. He's so fucking weird. As are we, so it works out perfectly. And you know what? It is perfectly timed because not uh, two days ago, uh, our very good friend of the pod, Zach, sent me a picture of Stephen King's son, Owen Hill, and said, how dare you not tell me what a snack this man is. I thought, and I said, oh, I thought you knew. He's literally baby Stephen King. He looks just like baby Stephen King. He's tall, lanky, got the big beard and the glasses, and I just want to climb him like a tree. Is he, how old is he? Um, he's married. Okay, that's not, that was not my question at all. Uh, I mean, let's see, uh, I would say probably mid-40s. That's too young for you. Because I think he's the older of the, (laughs) I know, right? I think he's the older of the two. Perfect age for me, but he's married, it's fine. I was curious, because I was going to make the too old for you joke, so that was. I think it's Joe and then Owen. Which, they're both writers. But anyways. Anyway. (laughs) We're talking about the... Movie that is based off of a Stephen King short story, uh, The Boogeyman, that just came out. Yes. And we are really excited to talk about it. Still in theaters. Um, I am always thankful for a new Stephen King adaptation. Um, This is the uh, book that the short story is in. The short story is called The Boogeyman. It is in Night Shift. Um, I've read this book a couple times. I reread the short story to prepare for this, but I have also read several Stephen King things since so if I'm a little you know fuzzy on some things I'm sorry uh but yes I am so fucking excited today because today is the start of Stephen King summer um if you know me at all you know I fucking love Stephen King uh I grew up with him I think he's wonderful he's my favorite writer he has written like four out of the five in my top five favorite books of all time um she's got the tattoos to prove it yeah I do um So, I am so fucking excited for this, and I was really pumped when I found out they were making uh, The Boogeyman, because it is one of his simplest stories, I would say, one of his shortest short stories, Um, and I always get excited when they adapt one of his shorter pieces, um, because it gives, I think it gives the director and the screenplay writer a little more leeway as to what they feel like they can and can't do. Uh, because Stephen King, if you know him at all, you know that he is, um, he gets very metaverse. Um, he, he has his, a very, his own world, really. He created his own universe in which he writes his books. And, um, so I think when people are adapting one of his, like, really well-known works or one of his stories that's, you know, like it, that's over a thousand pages long, it's so hard to get all that in and get the details. And of course his fans are going to be upset. And then you have a story like this where it's the simplest thing and they're just taking like the idea of it, like a nugget within the story and just building it out into a whole world. And I love that because I can see all the parts of the story that I know and love and also get to watch this director, which I need to look up, um, gives them the opportunity to make it their own. Because, let's be honest, the Boogeyman is one of the most known concepts of all time. I Rob mean, it's Savage. like... Rob Savage. Yes. yes. He, um, it's, I mean, everybody knows the Boogeyman. It is a very generic term for... The monster yeah. under your bed. Yeah. The, s- the person hiding in your closet. The 
the thing that as children we convince ourselves that we see in the shadows. I mean, what was the very last line of 1978's Halloween? Is that the boogeyman? You know, it's it, that's just how it be. Yeah. So, um, I am going to talk about the story a little as we go through. Um, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I'm so excited. <laughs> he directed a couple found footage movies. I knew I recognized his name. And one of them was Dash Cam, which came out in 2021. I liked Dash Cam. You watched Dash yes. Cam? Okay, so the chick in that, absolutely insufferable. The yes. Trump, the Trumpy gal. Mm-hmm. But that movie was fucking scary. Yeah, it was. Like, that movie had me shooketh. Like, her comic relief reminded me a lot of the little boy from The Visit. She was like, the little boy from The Visit grew up as a Trump supporter. T-Diamond Stylist? Yeah! Fuck, I love that little kid. I love that kid. This is a horrible horrible version of him, though. That kid is, I forgot about T-Diamond. He is I, if I I know I won't ever have children, but if I ever wanted a son, I would want him to be my son. Oh my god, I'm gonna put that awesome. on found footage for fall. The visit. God, yeah, thank you, thank you, because it's one of my all time favorite it's found footage so movies. It is so hard good. to watch and talk about. I have a soft spot in my heart for old people, though. But yeah, and he also directed the host or just host. Sorry. Oh, he did host. Nice host was good. Yeah, he's great. Um, this movie's scary. I'm gonna be honest. I didn't have that high of hopes for it to actually be scary. It was scary. It scared me. It scared Jess. It scared Jeff a little. He had a couple jump scares where he was like, oh, fucking cake. Some of us were a little more vocal in the theaters than others. Some of us are always a little more vocal. I loved it, though. In all activities. Um, so... (laughs) Don't look at me like that. Um... Uh, fun little side story really quick. Uh, Jeff watched Jeepers Creepers for the first time last night. I was sitting there sewing, and he was like, I want to put on a movie. And he's like, I've never seen this. I'm going to watch this. It scared him a couple times. It really got him. It's a, it's a creepy movie. It, it is. really it's is. It's so good. It I forget is. that it's, like, actually a good movie. And Jeepers. not because Did they of play the, the song? <laughs> um, yes, yes, lady, anyway. they played the fucking song. Jeez. <laughs> so, um, the boogeyman. The Boogerman. Um, oogie Boogie. Oogie Doogie Boogie. Uh, we have Bagool. A, <laughs> I'm just kidding. We, uh, we'll start this off by saying a couple um, spoiler-free things. Man, we haven't done a movie in theaters in a while. Oh, we haven't. We, we went through a whole ass name change and everything. I know. Well, 2022 was full of brand new movies, and this year I feel like we've been catching up on movies that we already know and love that we really wanted to cover. And then, yeah. of course, now it's Stephen King. Which I really wanted to kick off specifically because he's starting the summer off with this new movie. Um, so, we'll say a couple of spoiler-free things. Again, I thought it was very scary. Um, I guess that kind of is all we can say without getting spoilery. The um, acting is incredible. The acting is amazing. The children, again, I feel like we've, we've covered so many movies that, like, the the young actors truly make all the difference. And this is definitely one of those movies. Because they're starting to use kids as kids again instead of... They felt real. Like, I felt like this movie and another one that came to the front of my mind was The Black Phone. The Black Phone, thank you! Yes, Yes, the the very young girl in this Mm -hmm. reminded me of the little sister in The Black Phone. They just felt authentic, and I imagine this is how most kids actually act these days yes i'm not around a whole lot of children but no this is exactly how i used to nephew act 
Yeah, it felt it felt very real to me. It felt very like, you know, right. So we get this um, kind of cold open. Uh, it's pretty spooky. Um, so it's uh, a baby in their crib, and you can hear them saying their name. I think her name's Annie. I want to say or. I can't even remember. This baby doesn't really matter that much. So, well, the baby, like, can hear, like, it's, quote, mother calling its name, but you can, like, hear the growls underneath. You know, it's obviously a monster of some kind. And this baby knows something's up. And it's screaming at the top of its lungs, and I'm like, where are your parents? That this part. is not a good method. <laughs> Although I'm not a parent. I'm sorry. Don't let me shame you if you do that, because I literally don't have kids, and I don't know how to fucking raise kids. So, you do you, baby. But, <laughs> in this instance... Parents should have checked on the baby, because what happened? Well, I mean, it's so bold to open a movie this way, which I love, but, like, all of a sudden, you just hear the baby screaming bloody murder, and then it cuts off a little bit to the side, and you just see blood splatter all over the wall, and then it's baby silent. Yep. It was, then it goes to the title card. (laughs) What an opener. That's oh my god. It was I, like 45 seconds it felt. Like it yeah. was like quick. It's one of the Dead things baby. I love about Stephen King. Because if you know me and you know I love horror, you know I fucking love when a movie has the balls to kill a kid. Kill that kid. And in kill the first two minutes of the movie? Oh, I have chills. It's a baby. It was it's not a kid. Bold. It's a baby. A baby, a baby in, in a, a crib. crib. That's crazy. Bold. I liked I it. it. I love it. Uh, <laughs> I literally wrote, fuck, yes. Because I was just so excited. I was gagged. Yeah, I yes. loved it. Um, There are some very sad parts to this. Um, it's So it's about a family, these two daughters, Sadie and Sawyer. Uh, Sadie's the older teenager, and then Sawyer is the younger one. Their mom just died, and their dad is a therapist. Um, and it opens on her, like, in her mom's closet, like, smelling clothes and she pulls out a dress, she, like, smells it, and then she comes down the stairs and she's wearing the dress, and it was, like, clearly her mother's. And the dad was really, like... So the thing about this is, like, the premise is that dad is a therapist, but he has yet to be able to process this himself, therefore he's not ready. Like, he's he's not been able to talk about it with his children. So you can tell that there's, like, a look in his eyes of hurt, and he just doesn't really know what to say in that yes. moment. So he, like, takes a second, then he tells her... She looks beautiful. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's really sad. Yeah, it's um, this family trying to grieve and process the death of the mother, but the dad can't really accept it and process it, so the kids are unable to accept it and process it. And it just so happens that it's this very interesting uh, dynamic and also ironic dynamic in the fact that he is a therapist. You see him with his patients co- coaching them and helping them cope with very similar things with things that aren't nearly as bad, but he can, you know, help them through it. And then later on in the film, you see his daughter trying to reach out to him and he's just like, well, talk to your therapist. Cause I can't handle that right now. And it's like, obviously when you're talking about that, it's like, Oh my God, the dad should like maybe be there for his kids. And like, yeah, he should, but it doesn't like this movie paints him in a very sympathetic light you yeah, can see him absolutely. Struggling, being he's single... grieving. He doesn't know how to do this on his own. He never thought he had to. This and the you movie know, opens have to. when we open on this family. It's their first day back at school since the death of their mother. So I would say it's been maybe two months tops because they're not going to keep the kids out of school forever, but they're going to let them grieve. So I would yeah. say yeah, about two months they've maybe been out. 
So it's fresh. This is a fresh wound. And it doesn't ever specify how the wife died. Uh, someone at one point said a car accident? You're right. You're right. I do kind of remember that now. Because this... So... I'll get to the story in a minute. Because it gets really... It comes in pretty quickly. Um, so... We're looking at this... Uh, like, we're kind of going through the house. It's very cluttered. You can really tell it's a family who's recently lost someone. After we see the older sister, we see the younger sister... And she's in this dark room, but it's got a million lights. It's got, you know, lights around the ceiling. She's got her little night lights. And she's got a little moon lamp, which moon I lamp. already had. Uh, one of I my s- Yeah, I saw that in the movie, and I was like, ooh, Casey has one. My bestie Taylor, who I've known my whole fucking life, uh, got me that a couple years ago, I think, for Christmas. And I'm, I'm obsessed with it. I love that fucking light. It looks just like the moon. And I saw it, and I was like, oh, there's a prop for the podcast right there. Uh-oh. Uh, so, um, she has, she's holding one of those and she's sleeping with it. And she wakes up, the sun has come out, so her room is light. So she turns off all of her lights, but she still has her little moon ball. Mm-hmm. And there's still a dark area in the closet that she can't see. The lighting in this is so cool. They find very inventive ways to light dark areas in the, okay, so you're sitting there in your house, you need to look at somewhere dark in the area. You don't have your phone for a flashlight. You don't have a flashlight. The light won't turn on. What do you use? You use something around you. You use that. You use the ring light that we currently have behind the phone. You use whatever you happen to have around you that has light. String lights. String lights. Whatever you have. Come back later. So she uh, rolls it. Kind rolls the ball into the closet so it illuminates. Obviously, there's nothing there. Uh, But this establishes that this kid is already terrified of the dark. Mm Mm-hmm. That's a pretty normal thing. I mean, yeah. and right after losing her mom, yeah, she's going to be She's got little... a lot going on. Yeah. Yeah. So, we kind of move forward to the first day of school. Um, Sawyer, I know this pisses me off. Pisses me off. Sawyer is at her locker. She opens it, and um, there was the, the lunch that her mom had packed for her, which obviously is rotted now. I mean, it's... Probably, like Casey said, a couple months old, and she's just sitting there kind of, like, holding it, because, I mean, that's a really fucking sad thing to wake up, like, to see. The last thing your mom ever touched, maybe. Yeah. That's still, you know what I mean? Other than her, like, the last thing she ever made for you. Like, you're just like, like, yeah, it's gross. She's probably about to throw it away, but you're like, she's processing everything. It's gonna take a few extra minutes. And then, like, a couple of her friends. So, one of them, so what I gather... From throughout the movie, their relationship is there's this one girl who I think was her best friend growing up. They've been best friends for a long time, but, but then the know, other girl changed. Yeah, in high the other school. girl found other friends, and so now she's trying to like incorporate bring her, her old friend yeah. into it. But she's friends with popular mean girls, and so they don't like Sadie. And so, they're really fucking unkind. Like oh they were it's the blonde bitch to what the I, point where it. I need to know her name because I can't stand this bitch. Okay, but the actress, we love you. It's fine. You did a great job. No, I don't even like you because I think... I'm just kidding. You did a great job. You did too well. Yeah, you did too well. Natalie. Uh, Natalie. Because she is... So, yeah, she's, like, (laughs) talking to, like, Sadie and, like, she's kind of negging her, like, oh, that dress. Like, I could never pull it off. Like, and it's her mom's dress and she knows that. And so... Like, isn't that kind of weird? Like... Yeah, I uh, mean, like... Isn't that going to make it harder to move on? She said, I don't want to move on. Who wants to move on? And who the fuck that's a stranger? Like, you're not even friends with this girl. How are you going to tell her, 
I'm sorry, is your parent dead? No? Well, then shut up. Um, so yeah, she, like, the girl, Sadie kind of calls her out. She's like, you're being a bitch. And the girl pushes her, and it, like, squeezes the rotted food all over the dress. And then they just start laughing. And I am a confrontational person. Oh, I was, mm, me too. I would have fought her. It would have been hands on sight. I would have popped each and every single one of these nails off if I had to. And I would have taken her ass down. I would have immediately grabbed her head and just molly whopped her. Over and over again. Just stick her head in the locker and just bam, 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 bam. When she's on the ground, be like, anyone know the combo to this one? Bam, bam, bam. Yeah, that's what she deserved. This is an awful Oh, she's moment. a cunt, man. It's an awful moment. So, uh, you it's know, obviously so sad. Not, uh, Sadie runs away. Um, awful. Awful children. Don't be bullies. Just don't be bullies. Um, so she sneaks into the house, basically. Not sneaks in, but she goes home and, like, has her headphones in, doing her own thing. Mm-hmm. Her dad's therapy office is actually in the home. So he has... pretty common. Yeah, he has a patient that we see for just a moment, and the patient, when they're leaving, is like, I'm really sorry, like, I can't, I'm sorry about your wife, and, and like... And his previous patient even said, like, I can't believe I'm sitting here complaining about my stupid problems when you're going through what you're going through. Mm-hmm. And, first of all, that is a very common thing to think. If you think that when you are complaining to your therapist or to your friends because you think their problems are bigger than yours, that is not true. Everyone goes through their own things. You are allowed to feel bad about things just because what you are suffering through isn't quote as bad as what someone else is going through doesn't mean anything your feelings are valid no matter what and how you choose to feel them or how you maybe not even choose but how you do feel them matters exactly so so yeah but i feel like that's pretty common to think or like i would have probably felt the same way like oh god i feel bad i'm complaining to this guy when his fucking wife's dead i mean a lot of people in therapy have anxiety and one of the main consequences of having anxiety is immense guilt Mm -hmm. all the time I know I deal with that personally about little things about things that I think are stupid but like I would absolutely like if I knew my like I love my therapist dearly and if I knew that she was going through something I would feel so bad Mm -hmm. even though I know it's not like it's not comparable because you're not the same you're not yeah yeah it's not the same struggle it's not the same life it's you know but anyway um this is when I so when I found out this was becoming a movie and I reread the story I was really interested to see what they would do um and this is when I was like okay I think I can kind of see where this is going the person who walks in first of all he's played by the guy with schizophrenia from the dark knight uh the Christian Bale uh dark knight um he walks in and his name is Lester Billings um the story itself it's only 19 pages, I think, which is one of his shortest short stories. And the entire story is one guy whose name is Lester Billings. He is our protagonist and our point of view. Um, he is in a therapist's office laying down on the couch and he is retelling the story. He's telling his this therapist that he just met for the first time, I just have to get this out. I just have to tell somebody because I can't go to a priest because I'm not Catholic. I can't go to AA because I'm not an alcoholic, which they say in this movie. Um, I just have to tell somebody because I need someone to know that I didn't do it. And the therapist goes, well, what didn't you do? And he's like, I didn't kill my fucking kids. 
And this all happens in the movie. In the story, that's the entire story. He literally sits there, he tells this therapist, this is how my first kid died, this is how my second kid died, um, and then after that, I knew it was coming back for me, but I left my wife in the house, and I let her, let it kill her too, because I was too scared. And now I feel bad, and now I have to tell someone this, and I know it's coming for me. And at the very end of the story, he, like, turns toward the therapist, and the therapist morphs into the boogeyman and kills him. That's very, cool. Yes, very yeah. creepy, very interesting. And, like, that's kind of, it plays into the movie because he, like, speaks and his voice changes, and the whole voice mimicking thing kind of comes up in this movie, obviously. Mm. So it's just really interesting that they took so that story... And instead of making Lester our main character, they made the therapist from the story the main character, which I think is just a really cool way to do that. Yeah, for um, sure. So when I'm listening to this, I'm like, oh, 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 this is the whole story. <laughs> and they just <laughs> built a whole world around it. So yeah, that is the story that this man, Lester Billings, tells. He's like, my first kid died of SIDS. My second kid, you know, I don't even remember what he says. Um... And then he said, you know, my kid gave me this drawing, and he hands it to the dad, and the dad says, what is this? And we don't see the drawing yeah. yet. Um, and he, the guy responds, Lester responds, it's the thing that comes for your kids when you're not paying attention. Mm-hmm. That gave me chills. It gave me chills. I was like, oh, oh, I don't like that. I don't either. And the whole thing, too, is like, this man snuck into his office like he didn't knock on the door he was just there when he came back in there yeah he's not an appointment he was just a walk-in he was like, he said he saw i saw you in the papers and yes about where his wife died and you know he's like i i thought that you would be able to understand me and it's like what the fuck like i saw that this man is going through a bunch of fucking trauma let me put mine on top and i think Maybe Lester thinks deep down the boogerman got his wife too, and he thinks I'll go tell him my story because the boogeyman got him. But what actually happens is Lester brings the boogerman. Yeah, so brings it like a fucking curse. At the beginning of their appointment, when he first sat down, when the dad was like, "Can you look up the dad's name so I can stop calling him dad?" I'm yes. so sorry. Um, he finally tells the guy, "Like, okay, yes, I will go ahead and see you. I know you don't have an appointment." Go ahead will and sit down. Will Thank Harper. You. Will sits him down and he's like, yeah, just, you know, tell me your story. I'll go ahead and see you. Uh, he sits down, he looks over and the closet door is open. And so Lester, he closes it for Lester. Cause ask, Lester asks him to close it. After he talks for a minute, Will's like, I gotta go make a call real quick. I'll be right back. You stay there. Uh, and it goes back over to the closet. It's like the camera's inside the closet looking out of the crack. It's the really door, cool. And it's open again. And it's creepy because we saw him close it and mm-hmm. so we kind of know what's going on at this point um and he so will goes to the kitchen to obviously call the police on this clearly deranged man in his office which yeah. is why you don't just see random people without appointments and mm-hmm. things sorry but he did take down information at the very beginning of the appointment he did make him fill out like a piece of like paperwork, paperwork so yeah. that's something um well while he is on the phone. Like I said, his daughter, unknowingly to him, came home and is like, got her headphones in. She had a really shitty fucking day, so she's trying to wash the dress. She that that shower. bitch fucked up. She's taking a shower. And we... The guy's kind of like walking around. You kind of see like... Oh yeah, you see his shadow him. like going upstairs. And she hears him. 
like, go into, like, I think it's her mom's studio, because it had a bunch of her mom's clothes in the room and stuff, and a painting that was, like, half-finished, and it's destroyed, and she goes into the room, and she hears, like, some struggling behind the closet door, and she opens the closet door. Less than dead as fuck. Which I knew that was going to happen. He was dead in the story. Yeah, he was hung from the the back of the door. Yikes. I didn't know you could do that. Well, I don't think you can by yourself, really. You might be able to. It's funny, Um, though, because, small sidebar, uh, you know I've been watching a fuck ton of found footage ones. I watched, on Tuesday, I watched two really good ones that are both about the dark web, which I'm fascinated with. Unfriended? Unfriended dark web. Love that. Have you seen it? Yes. So, the guy, like, when they pulled him, the guy that was in England, they pulled him and, like, hung him from the back of his door. Yep. Okay, I and then they made that. the suicide yep. no. I was yep. like, and the other one was the dead. Because he thought he was safe being across the pond. Mm-hmm. So. Nope. They got people. Have you ever seen that Lake Mungo? No, it's on my list, though. It's on my list. I'm slowly going through so many on Tubi, and, like, in my found footage group, I'll, like, see one, and I'll type it in, and I'll see people's reviews on it. I'm like, I'm going to fucking eat that one. Because she's got a whole list to put together for found footage fall. And it's going to be so hard to pick because there's so many that I love. Like, the thing is, I thought I had a lot to pick from with Stephen King, but there is a finite amount of Stephen King movies. There is an infinite amount of found footage movies. Go on Tubi and look for two minutes and you'll find 30. Because they're cheap. They're easy to make. I mean, they're not easy to make well, but they're cheap to make, you know? And the whole mockumentary and, like... I love mockumentary. The idea of, like, fourth finding kind. footage. Oh, Fourth Kind is fucking terrifying. Come at me, I love it. Oh my god, I love that movie. Mila Jovich, fuck me up, bitch. Love her. The Owls, uh-uh. I'm never going to Alaska. Owls and vampires, that's all they have. Truly, 30 it Days is- a Night. I, Dude, that's my favorite vampire movie. It honestly is the scariest vampire movie I've ever seen. God? No God. No God. Sorry, that was. I'm just kidding. That's like Mars attacks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, isn't the main vampire played by the same guy who played the therapist in the number twenty-three? Oh my god. Oh my god, I think it is. <gasps> what a different role. What a. And Josh Hartman in that movie. Oh Love him. Yes. He's a secret little horror hottie. H two O. 30 Days a Night, probably more. I can't think of off the top of my head right now. Oh, well. But anyways, we're coming back around. So, uh, they, the cops come, obviously, and they're like, oh, it was a suicide. This guy was crazy. He hung himself in your house. That's so sad. I'm sorry. Um, and Sadie's obviously not convinced because she heard a struggle. The fucking... They're standing... Okay, so, of course, Sawyer comes home, and, you know, they're... She sees all these cops there and everything, and she knows something's wrong. You know what not to do? Don't describe the events of what happened in front of the eight-year-old. Right. Because she doesn't really know what's happening. And then the cop goes, well, a man hanging himself on the door of your closet is going to make some noise. Oh my god, the little girl didn't need to know that. The little girl did not need to know that the man died in the house. She could have heard there was an accident, they took the man away, I don't know what happened. Now the little eight-year-old knows that a man hung himself in the house. And she's already fucking scared of the dark. The poor baby. Oh my god. The poor baby angel. Anthony was Sawyer. I'm so sorry, That's actually kind of a cute name. 
It is, yeah. I like Sadie and Sawyer, especially his sisters. Yeah. I think they have a really, they have a beautiful relationship. I love sibling relationships in movies. Especially really good ones. Like siblings that bond, especially through trauma, like it just seems to make the the best (laughs) connections. I was, like, obviously my brother and I hated each other growing up because we were brother and sister. But then he and I actually got really close for a few years and we hung out all the time. We had so much fun together. And then, obviously, we don't really talk now, and that sucks. But, uh, yeah, I really like, I mean, not why, but I feel so desperate to have a relationship with my sister. I just, I love her. Yeah. She's so perfect. Yeah. Anyway, um, so, uh, they, that night, um, (laughs) he, the dad is checking under the bed and in the closet of the little girl. Only reason I bring this very inconsequential scene up is because, he, like, she's like, can you check the closet? And he's like, yeah, and he checks it, and then he, like, turns off the light, goes, ah, and, like, scares her. And I'm like, that's rude and mean, and also a man died in her house. Don't do that. The same fucking day. If it was, like, a normal day and your kid's just sure. normal afraid, okay, you can mess with them. That's fine. It it's not, not the right. Feel out the mood, bro. Read the room. Read the fucking room. <laughs> she's, this, this little girl is going to be not okay. No. She's gonna grow up to be a little Esther. Oh my god. Uh, I'm kidding. So, uh, but this is a really fucking scary scene. This is one of the scariest scenes in the movie, and there are a lot of scary scenes, because after he leaves the room, she is hearing things in her closet. My eyes are watering. It freaked me out, man. And then she, like, like, don't you kind of see it run under the bed? And then she, like, this is so cool Mm -hmm. the way it's shot, because she, like, she goes, so when you're, like, laying on your bed and you go over the side to where, like, your head and your hands are, like, on the floor and you're upside down looking under the bed. And so the camera kind of turns with her and goes under. So you're from, like, her point of view. So it, like, passes, like, the front of the camera passes, like, through the bed. Like, you're looking at the side of the bed and then you're underneath looking at her. And it is fucking terrifying. And, like, when she's looking from her point of view, there's, like, a dark area and doesn't she roll the, yeah, the fucking moon thing again, and it's there. And you're just getting- Casey screamed I out loud. Scream. It, it got me. This, the girl this to my left was laughing at us the entire time, because I was jumping, she was screaming, I would be like, fuck, she, and she'd be like, God! The girl next to her laughed at me because I got scared during the previews. I was getting candy. She was. Um- and Jeff was giving me a straw. <laughs> but, uh, the, and this, I screamed at this, and this wasn't even the worst scream I got in this movie. This wasn't even the biggest scare for me. No. But, um, it did, it did really get me. Um, and I think she runs out and runs to Sadie, I want to say. You mean Sawyer? Sawyer. Yeah. No, Sawyer runs out and runs to Sadie. Sawyer's the younger one. Sadie's no, because she's... Sawyer's in her room watching videos on how to contact the dead, and Sadie goes into her room. Sadie's the older one. Sawyer's the younger one. Did I get that? That's how I've had it the whole time. Shit. You're right. Okay. Sorry. Sawyer's the one who just got scared. She runs. She to runs Sadie. into. Yes. Yes. Sadie yes. Sorry has about been that. In her room, YouTubing. Sadie how just to... seems like a younger name. It does. That's why I was. Um. 
so she is like YouTubing how to talk to the dead because she wants to talk to her mom. With a lighter, if the yeah. flame moves to the left, that'll yeah. come and up later. That's when the dad comes in and he can't talk to her until he has to talk to her therapist. And there's this incredible line read. It hit me so fucking hard the way she said it because I said it in my head because he said, well, you should definitely talk to your therapist about that. And in my head, I went, well, she was trying to talk to you. And she literally, it is the smallest voice that you can barely hear her say. She's like, I was trying to talk to you, but okay. And it is heartbreaking. It really is. The way she says it is heartbreaking. And the dad, like, can't even bring himself, like, he knows he's doing wrong. Like, he knows he should talk to her, and he can't even bring himself to bring it up. And I, I can't. It is really, it, it got me. Yeah. Um, but then Sawyer is like, there's something in my room. And of course, Sadie's like, it's fine, you know, it's nothing, you were just sleeping, you're just having a bad dream. And she's, Sawyer has had this loose tooth the whole movie that she's been fucking with. And this was another really good scare. It reminded me of a scare that you would see in The Conjuring. Because it seemed kind of old-timey, if that Yeah, it really did. So they do the trick where you tie a string around the tooth and then you tie the other end of the string to a doorknob. And then you slam the door shut. And so uh, Sadie's about to slam it and she does the one, two, and Sawyer's like, wait, wait, wait. So she doesn't say three yet, but then the door slams on its own, and her tooth pops out of her mouth. It scared me. And it was, it was also really sad because Sawyer started crying, and she's like, I, you promised, like, to wait till three, and Sadie's like, I didn't, I I didn't, I don't know, I don't know. It was really fucking sad, but they, like, you could also tell that the tears were, like, more than that. Like, she was just terrified, and she was just not having a good time. Traumatized. Yeah, so she, they just, you know, held each other. Yeah. Again, I love their relationship. Me too. So much. Um, and then this gets to just such a sweet part. Um, so there, she decides to let Sawyer sleep next to her in bed, and she's singing her to sleep, and she's singing her... What is, I I would say it's probably one of the most generic and cliche lullabies you can sing. It's the Irish true Ulluulluwa. I've um, never heard it. I that's surprising. It's in quite a few things, but my mom is not a singer. She never has been a singer. But anytime she would ever sing to me, she would sing that. That was all she would ever sing when I was a baby uh, as a lullaby. And so that's the only trick that I know how to pull out with little kids. And so when I'm trying to put a baby to sleep, that's what I sing to them. And so when I heard that, I was like, oh, oh, I know that. And then it turns really creepy because she's, like, singing her to sleep and she stops. And then you hear the boogeyman, like, mimicking it and it's, like, growly. But it still kind of sounds like Sadie singing the truth. I was like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I hate it. It's so spooky that it's gross. (laughs) Truly. Spooky. Okay. <laughs> um, this is another really cool lighting thing that we were talking about because uh, Sawyer's in a dark kitchen 
and she opens the fridge to use the fridge light to like light the kitchen up which I've definitely done as a little kid when you want to get a late night snack, but you don't want to turn the kitchen light on to notify your parents that you're awake. Or so you're thirsty. You, I need, I yeah. need some to drink. So you have to leave the fridge open so that it lights up the kitchen enough so you can see, but doesn't wake anybody. But if you have a new tiny fridge like mine now, you leave it open for a few seconds and it goes ding, ding. I'm like, I know. <laughs> Those damn smart fridges. I know at some point right around here, she, meaning Sadie, she finally starts to believe Sawyer that something's going on. So she goes to Lester's house. Yes. Which uh, is like covered in candles and all this black stuff all over the walls. And his wife is there, which again was not alive in the story. She's crazy. She's lit, lit all these candles so that it, you know, can't hurt her. It's fucking weird. It's real weird. It's this lady is cuckoo. It's honestly a B plot. It's a, it's a C plot that goes absolutely nowhere. Because it's not a part of the actual climax. It doesn't... It feels like filler. Yeah, I agree with that. Spooky I filler, but filler. Yeah, that lady... I didn't like it. Because she shoots at her at one point and runs away. Yeah, like, well, she's, she's like, well, this thing must have attached to you and your family because... It, Even though it's clearly living in your house, not hers, but okay. Because it's clearly been staying in the Lester Billings house. Yeah. So. But, yeah. like, we find out it connects to people through, like, traumatic experiences. Yes. So, like, when their first, the Lester Billings family, like, the first child died of SIDS, that's when, like, it leached onto their family, and yes. now that we have the passing of the wife, it's, like, leached onto their family. Yeah. So it's kind of just like, like we say Lester gave them the curse of the boogeyman uh-huh. and passed it on because um, they were really susceptible Yeah. due to the trauma. Right. So I feel like we can skip a lot of that Lester Billings and his wife shit because it just doesn't, it's so inconsequential. Like she goes there a couple times. Yeah, she's, she's like, don't move. Baby. And like puts a shotgun this shoots it this far from her fucking head trying yeah. to get the boogeyman. She's it's so, yeah, and eventually she just gets away. That's the end of that. It's it's so inconsequential. Um, and the bitch, the boogeyman gets that bitch. And honestly, I feel like it's there because this movie's like, what, an hour and a half? I think it's literally like 92 minutes. And like, I feel like people do that kind of stuff because they need to get it to at least 90 minutes. Make movies that are 70, 75. I don't care. There are a lot of found footage movies I've been watching that are only like an hour and 10 minutes. And I'm like, I'm cool with that. The movie only needs to be that long. Only let it be that long. I'll still still pay the same amount in the theaters. Don't add 15, 20 minutes of nonsense because you want to get it up to, quote, feature length. Movies should just be as long as they need to be. If it needs to be 62 minutes, then that's still a fucking movie. Like, movies are a form of art, and once we start making all these really specific stipulations, it's just, it's it really takes away from profit, it, you know? Yeah. It sucks. That's why we don't get as many good movies. But, I mean, we still get art sometimes. But anyway, we can skip over that. She's back in her house, basically. This is my favorite scare. Because when she goes back to the house for, like, the last time, I don't think they leave after this, she comes home... And Sawyer's, like, bugging her, follows her to her room. <laughs> follows her to her room. Sadie's like, leave me alone. 
slams the door, and you hear Sawyer pounding on the door, knocking on the door, to let her, like, saying, like, let me in. And Sadie turns around to, like, go to the door to tell her to leave her alone. <laughs> and as she turns back to the door, the thing bursts through the door and jumps on top of her. It's... Ooh, I have chills. I screeched. <laughs> I thought, like, I... If I had had that was an incredible because you had no fucking idea that was coming. It was so sudden and so unexpected. (laughs) But spoiler alert, it was a dream. Yes, she immediately (laughs) wakes up and it was a dream. But oh my god, it was terrifying though. That was a good one. I love a good scare, and that was a great scare. Around this time, I wrote, "Where the fuck is the dad? Oh, there he is." (laughs) Um, so she's like dead. There's a boogerman in the house. And, um, I gotta go down to the basement and get it. Um, we also, like, she found the note in her dad's office, or, like, the picture that he had, um, Lester had left there, and she did the old school pencil trick, yeah. and that's how we got to see, finally, the picture of the boogeyman. Yeah, and it does um, look really, oh, I forgot, I forgot about a whole fucking other section of this movie that we're about to get to. We haven't passed Oh, it. okay, cool, cool, cool. I just forgot about it until I just read my notes. Um, we saw this, like, five days ago, dude. Uh, but anyway, um, she does see some really scary stuff down in the basement. She sees her mom down there, very hereditary-esque, when, uh, Tony Collette sees her mom in the corner and then turns on the light. Really scary. Oof. Um, so, she's obviously really freaked out. She's sad. She's, um, you know... Not really sure what's going on. She doesn't know if there's a boogeyman, if her sister's just traumatized, what have you. Um, and her best friend, quote, finds her, uh, quote, her best friend, whatever, finds her, is trying to cheer her up. She's like, yeah, let's have a girl's night. You know, I'll come over. We'll hang out, blah, blah, blah. So, of course, all the girls come over. And I wrote, why the fuck is that bitch in my house? <laughs> I get that in high school you put up with a lot of that shit sometimes, especially if you are a more meek person, um, if you aren't used, if you're not confrontational, you know, and also she probably just wants her best friend back. She wants to be able to hang out with her, so she's trying to put up with her shitty friends in the meantime. Don't do that. Right. You are better than that. And they're all acting like she's so goddamn boring. They're all just, like, sitting around, and she's like... Yeah, like, it cuts to them just, like, sitting on the floor, and it's, like, quiet, and they're not doing anything. Do you have any alcohol? Do you have anything fun? So a typical teenage girl's hanging out, sitting on the floor, scrolling on their phones. Yeah, that's exactly what would happen. And then they would start daring each other to do shit, and then they would start watching stupid videos, and then, yeah, eventually someone's gonna bring out the pot. That's a normal night. Right. Like, for teenage girls, you know Or someone snuck some shitty vodka into a water bottle. That's where it's they at. get on. They get on fucking chat sites like they with, go to chat roulette. They laugh their asses off. You see a couple dicks and you go to sleep. Exactly. Katie and I did that in college. Katie and I used to get on fucking chat sites together all the time. Why is Katie the queen of doing dumb shit on the internet? With I have so many like I wish I still had them, but I had so many fucking webcam pictures of Katie and I from back in the day when I had like those stupid blue fucking bangs. <gasps> We had so much fun, though. We would be on Stickan. Chat Roulette. Chat Roulette. Omegle. Oh, my God. Omegle. <laughs> Lots of dicks. So many dicks on Omegle. So many dicks. Um. <laughs> Anyways. 
So, uh, when the girls are asking, like, do you have any drugs? Do you have anything fun? She's like, well, I do have this. And she pulls out a joint, like a half joint that she found in her mom's art supplies. Which, first of all, I fucking love that. And, like, I just, I, I feel like it's something that I've maybe seen in movies a few times. But, like, that, like, someone dies and you, like, find their weed or something you didn't know they had and you smoke it. I think that's so cool. Like, yeah, it was really cool. Just, like, oh, that's awesome. I'm gonna, you know, be able to bond with my mom, you know? And so they're all smoking this joint. That, the bitchy girl was like, ew, like, are we really gonna smoke that? Uh, yeah, bitch, we are. It's weed. We don't go bad. Black the frack. I'm just kidding. Um, so she, so she takes a hit. She starts choking. Runs into the bathroom. They're all making fun of her, of course. Like, hmm, first time. Baby's first time smoking pot. Sometimes I, I cough so hard I have to sit down and just think about my life for a minute. Sometimes I, I cough so hard that I get a really throbbing headache that I have to put myself in front of an air conditioning unit for it to go away. You just, like, sit there for a minute you're like, what choices have led me to this? Why can't I stop coughing? Truly. It's usually when I take a dab hit, that's shit. <laughs> so, um, I also write, wrote, like, your dad's definitely gonna fucking smell that. You're smoking in the house. They didn't even open a window. They didn't put the towel under, on the door, like, thing, trick. No, like. I'd be like, Mom, Mom you said, right, let me have true. this. I mean, she could have put the dryer sheet in the paper roll tube. I'm giving teenagers so many ideas right now. It's just what you gotta go through. So, um,. She, you know, is, like, freaking out in the bathroom. She pulls her sister's tooth out of her mouth. Attached to the string. Ew. Everyone, is that a tooth? Um, oh, 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 oh. I love this part. You want to talk about it? Yeah. Okay. So, she comes out of the bathroom. She's trying to hide the fact that she's pretty fucking freaked out. And they... Because you're not going to go tell them that. I pulled a tooth out of my throat. Right. They already think she's fucking weird. So, they were like, all, they are like, oh yeah, show us, like, where that guy hung himself. What a fucking weird thing to say. But anyways, she goes in the room, and then they lock her in there. And she is pounding and pounding and pounding, and finally she gets out. And this is what I love about seeing a horror movie in theaters, especially, like, yes. on opening weekend. The crowd. There is no, no better crowd then a horror. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't scream. <laughs> Are you the boogeyman? Ah! Everything is falling apart. Yeah, yeah. what happened? It's right there. <laughs> All I'm doing is vaping. Yeah. Watch. Your fan's blowing up that way. But it's vape. <laughs> it's the ionization of it, so. It was the boogerman. It was definitely the boogerman. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Stephen King. No. We got it all on camera. Yeah, you want cam to camera, camera now? You want cam to camera now? You want cam to camera now? Okay, so, <laughs> no better crowd than a horror movie crowd on opening weekend. That's why I love seeing horror in theaters. The, you, there's nothing it's like it. The theater. energy, people are gasping together, they're 
in the, the, the moments that are so tense, you can hear a pin drop in the theater. It's silent. And this moment, oh man, this moment, she gets out of that closet. She goes up to that fucking bitch, the blondie, and smacks the shit out of her. And the entire theater it started wanted. cheering and a clapping. And we were like, hit her harder. Woo! Oh, <laughs> Do it again. They erupted. It was cheers. amazing. It, it was, was so fucking good. incredible. Clapping, cheering. It was everything you wanted in that moment. And that's, again, what she was saying. That's why you go see these movies in theaters. Yes. You're with your community and you're just, I mean, even the girl sitting next to Jess had the fucking best time of her life laughing at us dumbasses. Like, oh my God, these girls are so scared. Like, I love that. Yeah. I love that yeah. she got to experience that and just be like, oh, what a dumbasses. Oh, yeah. We are. We're little dum-dums. But we, we had it. fun. Yes. My two brain cells were like, ooh, scary. <laughs> yeah, hit her. <laughs> hit her harder. <laughs> so, um. They all storm out of the, well, before that, we cut to Sawyer playing her video game, right? Yes, this is another really, really cool lighting thing. <sighs> so Because cool. she's playing her video game in the dark and just, like, just the TV's lit up and she starts hearing things. So she, like, turns around, she's, like, looking over the back of the couch into the darkness, and every time she presses this button, the gun on her game it's shoots. It's like a red laser. And, yeah, it's a laser, so it lights the whole room up. So she's, like, shooting to, like, light things up, and then the thing is, like, I don't know if it's flying around or just, like, running really fast, crawling on the walls, whatever. It yeets this little girl into the TV. Just body slams. I mean, like, by God! Like wwe style into the television um also i forgot to mention while she was trapped in that closet she saw the boogeyman yes uh, sadie did so um so she was terrified that's so why she slapped the shit out of that little girl yeah so the little girl goes to the hospital uh sawyer goes to the hospital and she's trying to tell her dad like that she saw it too like she's like sawyer's not making this up like i saw it too and her yeah. dad's like i'm gonna ask you a question were you high? I smelled pot on you. How the fuck does a child get tossed into a TV? What does that have to do with the older sister being high upstairs? Also, said it before, I'll say it again. That's not how weed works. Uh, not her. It's also not how acid and shroom works. Shrooms work, in case you were fucking wondering. They don't actually make you see things. Sorry to disappoint. I was disappointed. <laughs> Right. So, uh, this is, she does at somewhere around here find, uh, Sawyer in a closet literally wrapped herself in Christmas lights, which is the smartest fucking thing you could do at that point. Yeah. I'm gonna be inside of a light. If I can't, if I can't, like, stay in the light, I'm gonna be the fucking light. Um, so, at this point, so this it had taken... It takes the dad. It okay, yeah, yeah, the dad, yeah. And the si little sister is hiding. So big sister is trying to, like, we're, we're getting toward the climax, obviously. They're freaking out. This is where, like, we had the part where Sadie went back to that fucking house and Pointless. crazy lady tried to use her as bait, whatever. And nothing came of it. So she calls when she's leaving her dad and is like, leave the house now. Yep. And he's like, I'm, like, I need you to listen to me. And he's like, I'm listening. But he doesn't go out the door. And so that's when the boogeyman yanks him pulls and him Sawyer. Back. Yep. Yeah. So he pulls him, pulls the dad downstairs, and or it pulls the dad downstairs, and 
Sawyer gets away, locks herself in the closet, and it's really funny because she is, like, attached to a really long extension cord, which, like, yeah, it would be It's fucking genius, though. Well, and Christmas lights have long-ass extension cords with them because you have to plug them in and wrap them around the tree or run them up the wall and wrap, like, it, like, it's just very clever and not, like, over-the-top stupid ways that aren't gonna make sense to light something. It's something that's always next to you, a fridge- or, you know what I mean? Something that you're gonna use any, that you have anyway. And you, you have to figure out a way to find the light, you know? Because mm-hmm. it doesn't like the light. Much like the Tooth Fairy. This is the better version of the movie The Tooth Fairy. We of had, we the had movie that conversation Falls. in the theaters. Yeah. Which we, uh, previous episode. <laughs> I, I liked it when I was little. Uh, so did I. I if was, I watched this movie when I was a child, I wouldn't sleep for a week. When I watched Darkness Falls as a child, I... Anytime I was in a room that was light and the hallway was dark, I would almost convince myself there was something, like, at the top trying to come through. Me too. Imagine now, seeing this movie now. And Yeah, exactly. As, as an adult, I'm like, that movie sucks. This movie's still scary. So, uh, they are in the basement. They're kind of finally having their showdown. We finally get a clear, solid look. And it's horrendous. It's kind of fucking scary looking. It's got a face in its mouth. And then the mouth, the, the baby face came out with like little baby hands. Yeah. And then the, the like, its hands are like really weak. Oh, I mean, uh, it was like on all fours. And then the mouth, the baby face came out of the mouth. And then the hands, it, it was a lot of hands. It was weird. It was sticky. It was very weird. Um, and I, but I do really enjoy the way that they finally get it. Because it's something that I think every kid has done at some point in their life taken hairspray and a lighter and made your own little flame because <laughs> every kid has done that everyone has we've all done it you've done it shut up um so they do that to light the thing on fire um and then there's a bunch of paint thinner all around the basement because their mom was a painter mm-hmm. and, and the dad got thrown by the boogeyman his leg. his leg is broken he's fucking i am high off it's Bye bad God. yeah but, um, sorry, go ahead. Uh, so, yeah, they, but they spill some more paint thinner on it, they light it up in flames, and it is so fucking, the sound design is terrifying in this mm. moment, because as it's, like, burning and dying, you hear the voices, all the voices that it's mimicked, like, screaming for help, and crying, and, like, yelling, and you can hear, like, it's creepy, because it, you know, it mimics all these people, my thing is, I do wish that that would have come to something else. There is a little something that it does at the very end of the movie here um, that I think is interesting, but I wish they had done more with the mimicking the voice thing. They only did it like two or three times, and it was creepy, but, but I feel it like it absolutely could have been more effective. Inconsequential. Because like, it didn't actually play into the story. It was just like kind of a creepy thing that happened. Like earlier in the movie, when I think I wrote Rita was the um, wife's name, she calls uh, Sadie and says, come to the house. I think I know how to kill it. I thought that was the boogeyman on the phone mimicking the wife's voice. Uh, and that would have made sense, but it wasn't. So I felt like they should have used it for something else to make it. Because then this last scene is really creepy, but it would have had much more, much bigger impact. But there was a scene earlier, too, where Sawyer heard Sadie call her into her room, but it wasn't yeah. Sadie, and that was really creepy. But then she went in there and nothing happened. It wasn't, like, actually waiting for her or anything. It wasn't, like, a... It's true. Yeah, I just... 
it really good concept. I just think they could have done it a little bit better. Yeah. Um, and then they can help their dad get up the stairs yes. while the whole fucking house is catching on fire. Yep. There's a moment that's heartbreaking where Sawyer looks over all her mom's things that her dad was gonna get rid of, but he's like, "You're right. I should have asked you." And she wanted to keep all these things, and she says. Bye, Mom, mm-hmm. as they're leaving, and it was, it was really sad. And there was a really cute and um, cheesy but cute moment when um, she flicked the lighter at the last moment, the thing went to the left. Because the lighter wouldn't work when they were trying to, and like... And then it, like, really blew up, and mm-hmm. it was, you know, the mom helping out. And she, even really when sweet. she looked at it, she said, Mom, and it, it was a really sweet, like... I love a horror movie with heart. I want it to be scary and gory, but I want to feel for the characters. I, I went tearing up. That was so, it was so. It really, sad. like, I love, I love that. I really yeah. do. It and makes you care so much more about everyone involved. Like, I want to see some people die in a horror movie, but also I want a few characters to care about to root for, to get through the end. Yeah. Like, I want someone at the end to be like, yeah, I'm so glad my character made it. Not like, oh, God. God, everybody died. They all sucked. And we've seen plenty of movies like that. <laughs> so, um, the little denouement of the movie, they are all three in therapy. Um, they have finally, the dad can finally talk about the life. Um, they're finally starting to cope and get through it together and, um, grieve properly. And when they are leaving, the therapist is like, Sadie, can you come Sawyer. back and Sadie. Mm-mm, it's the it's the grown one. Are you sure? Yeah. Oh, I'm wrong. I was wrong. My bad. It's okay. I was wrong earlier. No, I did write Sadie. Yeah. I'm stupid. But the therapist is like, like uh, the, the Will Will yeah. and uh, Sawyer are already like walking out the door, and the therapist is like, Sadie, can you come back in here for a second? And she goes into this dark fucking office. Toward the closet. And the closet cracked open. And all of a sudden, she's walking towards the closet, and the therapist comes out and is like, can I help you with something? From around the corner. And is like, can I help you with something? And then that's basically the end of our movie, and we're just like, it's still there. Mm -hmm. Of course it's still there. It's going to be with them forever. (sighs) Until they die. Yeah. So, yeah, I um, thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I did, too. Um, I... I think it was such a cool way to take the material and make something totally new with it. I hope Stephen King likes it. Um, I I think that I, I feel like he would. He likes most things nowadays. He's just like I got so much money. I'm just old and chilling. I just I've written so many books. My work is. My work speaks for itself, you know? When you're the king, you ain't gotta worry about nothing. All hail the king. All fucking hail Stephen King. I can't disagree Uh, with that. I just read, for the first time, uh, finished it about a week ago, um, I read Dreamcatcher, which is something we're gonna cover on this podcast. Um, That book is devastating. It is so good. It's so fucking good. It is an amazing book. Such a good story. Some of my favorite fictional characters of all time, Duddits, maybe like in my top five fictional characters, 
that I like I love so dearly and I want to lay down my life for this person that does not exist. I love Duddits. Um and Stephen King just knows how to rip your fucking heart out of your chest. Oh good. Um and I just know the movie is not going to hold up and it's not going to be tasteful, so I'm sorry in advance for that one. But, you know, Stephen King did a lot of coke, and uh, he wrote... <laughs> Haven't we all? He actually wrote Dreamcatcher um, right after his accident that he had in 99, um, and he was on so much Oxycontin that he doesn't remember writing most of it. And if you've ever read Dreamcatcher, you can tell. <laughs> that shit's batshit crazy, even for Stephen King. It's crazy for Stephen King. Like, that's saying something. <laughs> So, that'll be in a few weeks. Um, last thoughts on this. I really did like it. Um, I think you should go see it in theaters. It was it was legitimately terrifying. Like, I haven't seen a movie that really gave me the heebie-jeebies and if, like that in a long time. And if you want to read the story, like I said, it's like 19 pages. It is a good short story. It's honestly it's creepy. And, I mean, his prose is amazing. His descriptions are incredible. He really knows how to build a world and scare the shit out of you, truly. Um, so, you know, go watch his stuff. Good movie. This has been The Boogerman. One final note. Um, I know this is going to come out afterwards, but big shout-out to my best friend Ashley. Her birthday is... June 8th, a.k.a. Pride. So, just kidding, the 10th. I don't know what fucking day it is. Her birthday is the 10th. Birthday, birthday, birthday for the hardest bitch ever. We love you you so so much. much. Happy fucking birthday, you're so cool. Yes, I'm sorry it's a late shout out. It's early, technically, but. I'm so excited to see you on Pride, though. Yes. Because it's going to be great. We're all going to make out. Anyways, so um, next week, uh, I think we're going to do In the Tall Grass. Um, So that is a Netflix special, which means it is on Netflix. Go watch it. It's got Patrick Wilson in it. Um, Yeah. Okay, okay. I like it a lot. Um, It's really simple story. Uh, The novella it's based on is called In the Tall Grass. It was written by Stephen King and his son, Joe Hill. We love Joe Hill. A whole snack, a whole fucking snack. And um, very talented. Yes, very talented. We have done one of his works on this podcast before. Our very first episode was a Joe Hill piece. It was. Ah! Um, I love that movie. So we are going to be doing that next week. It's really weird. Go watch it. Um, the novella is like 100 pages. You can read that. It's You can buy it on, like, um, you know. Audiobook. Audio, yeah, or, you know, whatever. Audio, the You know, whatever book app you use, Amazon. I bought it for, like, $2.00. Um, read it in, like, a day and a half, like, just in, like, sat there for basically an hour and read it. Um, so that'll be next week. Um, I can't remember after that, but we're gonna be doing, I think, uh, 12 weeks of Stephen King. We're gonna be throwing a game in there in the middle somewhere. Um, so I'll try to keep you up to date at least a couple weeks out so you know what to watch in advance, because sometimes the movies we're gonna be covering are a little bit long, (laughs) and you might need a little bit of time in advance to prepare yourself. <laughs> I know I'm I will. I recommend all of these movies. Uh, every single Stephen King movie, I'm going to go say, go watch it. Go watch it. Please go watch it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I uh, want to thank you all again for 
following us um, through our name change and everything. Yes. Um, and speaking of, with all of our new social medias and everything, make sure you like and subscribe to the uh, YouTube page. And then um, follow us on Instagram t- and TikTok uh, at Barely Living Dreadful. And then on Twitter at Living Dreadful. And then you can email us, barelylivingdreadful at gmail.com with any questions, comments, concerns, requests, even if it is, um, you know, a Stephen King thing. Because if you throw it my way, you really want us to cover something that's not on my list, you give me a good enough reason why you think we should cover it, I might swap it out for one of the others. So you never know. Um, Our lists are never finite. No. Um, And if you have any really good uh, found footage suggestions, Jess is going through them all, and if you throw one that she really fucking loves, she'll put it on the list. So You gotta gotta do some work, though, because I have been... Researching the shit out of these found and the footage films. the earlier you get those kinds of things to us, the more she can research them and see exactly. Yeah. Because she's... Give me something yeah. weird. Give me something I haven't seen. Yeah, exactly. Think of... I'm in a found footage like, Facebook oh, group, a, guys. This is a found footage movie that I don't think you've heard of. Send it out. I way. would love to hear. I would love to watch. Please, please send them my way. Yes. Our way. Um, our way, yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so thank you so much. Um, and, you know, until next week... Stay spooky. Bye.